Hello and welcome to GetAGoodStart.com podcast. I'm your host, Scott Agnoli, CEO of Scott Creative and founder of GetAGoodStart.com. Each week, I will be providing you with a blog and podcast, which will give you some insight from people who have had the experience and are willing to share it. At the end of the video, I invite you to go back and read the end of the blog, which will give you some key takeaways for whichever level you are at professionally, be that a student, new to career, or a professional of the corporate world. In today's podcast, I am honored to have as my first guest, an old friend of mine, John Willie. John has a marketing degree from Binghamton University, and he started his career in professional baseball and stadium operations. He worked himself up to corporate ladder, eventually becoming, at the time, the youngest general manager of a minor league baseball team in either the AA or AAA leagues. He was named the minor league baseball Eastern League Executive of the Year in 2009, He was then hired by IMG to lead Rutgers University's corporate partnership program. And then two short years later, he earned IMG's College President's Award. In 2019, he left collegiate sports and went on to work his magic in the NFL, where he is currently the director of corporate partnerships for the New York Jets. I think you can agree. John has had a vast amount of success and experience that we can all learn something from. And I know you'll enjoy his interview. So without further ado, my interview with John Willie. Welcome, John. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to see you, Scott. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a great thing that we're putting this together, and I really appreciate you coming on and, and helping me out with this little adventure. So, you know, I'd like to make all these podcasts pretty brief, uh, easily digestible, so I'm going to jump right in. When you think about getting a good start, what really does that mean to you? I think it means so many things. You know, first, I think it means uh, having a plan, having an understanding of where you want to go and being prepared, regardless if that's starting your day, uh, starting your year, your trip, uh, or starting a new job. Sure. And, and you know, everyone says, boy, what, if I knew now what I knew back then, you know, if you were to look at your career and you've had a great career as I followed you through, you know, uh, uh, collegiate sports and now in professional sports, and even before that, if you go back and tell your 22-year-old self, you know, how you could, could have gotten a little bit better start to your career, maybe, you know, not spend as much time, like, as they say, taking your lumps or, or you know, uh, you know, making your bones, you know, what would you tell that 22-year-old? What would you tell them to, to, to maybe kickstart the career a little bit faster? You know, it, it's funny. When I got into uh my work career, my livelihood, uh, one strategy was really to outwork everybody, put my head down and just be so obsessive about work and doing a great job that uh, people thought I was crazy. (laughs) And I think that's great. And that that's certainly a certain, a measure of that has to be there to be successful. But I think I missed an opportunity in some cases uh, to build real meaningful relationships. So I did that on some occasions, but I think I was given the opportunity in the, in the job I was in to really meet some interesting people. And it probably wasn't until maybe 10 years later that I learned the value of developing those relationships, maybe pausing uh, the grind a little bit to take the time to build those relationships. Because not only do you get so much out of them, um, but they really do pay dividends later on in life. Yeah, that's a good point, John. You know, one of, the, one of my seminars I talked about wanting to be helpful as a leader um, it's not so much quid pro quo what my people might say, oh, I want to do this so I can get something out of it. No, it's really 
you do something. And I always like to say, I like to do something anonymously because I can walk away feeling better about it. I'd rather not preach and say, look what I did. You know, uh, it's a good, good thing. Without a doubt. And I think, again, you know, maybe early on, I might have looked at that at relationships a little more as a very fair, but, but much more of a, a transaction, right? I'm yeah. going to do something for Scott. He's going to do something for me. It's genuine. I want to help Scott, but I'm also sort of measuring what I'm getting back out of this time. And I think I've, you know, like you're saying, really flipped uh, over that course of, of, of maturing to understand that it's, it's almost like sports, right? I mean, you're going to play a baseball game, football game, track, whatever. You have to warm up. Uh, you have to put some time in. You have to practice. You have to put it forward. And then you're at the plate and it's uh, mindless and you, you have success, right? And I think it's the same way with relationships. You, you don't want to focus on the at-bat or, or the, the third down uh, before the game. You want to focus on warming up and doing the things you need to do and genuinely giving. And then without thinking about it, you know, years later, it'll pay off. Yep, absolutely. You know, as, with your experience as a leader at all levels, from when you first started in your career to, uh, to today, you know, what advice would you give, I don't know, college freshmen, so to speak, when, when they get into college, you know, may, maybe they're a redshirted freshman and they're moving into their second year, or they're, they're just, they've come from a small town and they're in a big college, you know, big university. They all of a sudden they find themselves in Penn State, 45,000 students around them. They, and their town was, you know, 500 people. How does that, what kind of advice can you give somebody like that to succeed in college? You know, that's, that's a great question. Um, I, I think it comes down to really uh, staying within yourself and discipline. I think discipline and um, time management. And I, and I know that's, that's pretty broad, but I think of a story of, you know, uh, uh, two college students, right? I'm going into my sophomore year. I'm rooming. I, I was fortunate enough to play a little baseball in college. And I roomed with one of our catchers, right? Great guy. And, um, and, you know, obviously, if uh, as intelligent or more intelligent than I was, um, but after freshman year it was a little bit of a hurdle getting in and kind of understanding how to manage, like you're saying, you go from high school or maybe a different environment, and you have to really manage um, uh, really like a job, right, or your own career by yourself in a lot of cases. And I think, you know, we, we had the opportunity to room together. And for whatever reason, I had the opportunity to learn, I think, a little bit of discipline, uh, manage my time and look, you're, you're, you're going to have fun in school um, and you're going to want to explore and do different things and have different experiences. Uh, but if you can just compartmentalize and, and put in the time ahead of time to maybe, you know, go to the library, you know, get your work done, whatever you have to do to kind of open up, sort of work hard, then play hard uh, and balance your day, uh, you're going to be able to get through it. And I, I think about my roommate who unfortunately fell into the trap of uh, spending most of the day with his uh, fraternity buddies playing a lot of Madden uh, on the, I think it was a, a PlayStation. I don't know even know what it was at the time, the platform, but they had Madden back then. Um, and I'd say, hey, Scott, his name was Scott. I said, hey, Scott, uh, man, you want to come to the library? Uh, you want to work out? You want to do this? Said, yeah, man, yeah, man, I'm just going to finish this game. And all of a sudden I come home at 9 p.m. and he's just finishing up the Madden game and going to shower to go out. Yeah. <laughs> this poor guy. And, you know, great guy, but, but seriously, uh, he didn't make it. He didn't make it another semester. And I think it was, you know, two guys, a lot of similarities, a uh, lot equally talented. And the difference was having a little bit of discipline in the beginning uh, to get the work done you needed to do, right? Or plan your day or, or go ahead and separate yourself, 
not try to do work in front of the TV, right? Go to the library, separate yourself, yeah. knock that out and have the reward be to be able to go out um, and then stay in school. So I think at the end of that semester, I was fortunate enough to, to go to Dean's List and poor Scott uh, went home. Yeah. You know, it's a great, great story there. And, and you know, it's, it's something I hope, uh, you know, my son hears because I talked with him about this a while ago. I used to tell him that, you know, when I, in my, at my school that I went to, we never had Friday classes. So Thursday nights were a big night out, but we had Saturday classes, right? Um, and I always made it a point that Friday, I would spend a day, no matter how late I stayed out Thursday night, Friday, I would get up early and bang out as much work as I can. So I was caught up for Monday, right? Because a lot of times I didn't have Saturday classes. I wanted to have the weekend. So I told him I used to get up super early. I used to hit the library. So work my ass off probably till about mid afternoon on Friday. And I was done. Right. And, and I used to tell him also, I used to study all the time after every class. And I never studied or crammed before a test. Uh, I rested and he started adopting that. And, you know, for the past two years, he's been a straight A student. So I can't say it works for everybody, but it certainly worked for me. And I think what you're saying is make sure you have the discipline to do a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. Do it before, you, like you say, work first, play second, because you could always put off play, but you can't put off the work. And, and you and I both know burning the candle at both ends doesn't work. And, uh, you know, late nights is poor quality studying. So it's better to get it done early. So that's, that's great. A um, couple more quick ones, and then I'm going to let you be on with your day. What is the best advice anyone gave you about anything? The thing that you go, you know what, this one guy told me, and, you know, his best piece of advice I ever got. Wow, that's that's heavy, because I, I feel like I've been so fortunate with so many different mentors, and I've learned a lot, both of what to do and what not to do, uh, which is key. But I, I think about um, the second owner I worked for in minor league baseball, I was running his team and we were together for a while and I really consider him a mentor. And, and Bill uh, was the opposite of, of me in terms of temperament. I was a go, win at all costs, right? If people aren't keeping up, drag them along with you and that's how you'd lead. Again, at a very young age, Bill was much more seasoned, had been through multiple wars and his all approach to people was, make them happy, make them feel good, boost them up. Um, and again, patience, patience, patience. And we get into these, you know, uh, uh, spirit, spirited uh, discussions on, you know, this person's not pulling away or we got to, you know, we're in a negotiation. We got to win this negotiation. He said, you know, you pick your battles. And I think you pick your battles with people, whether there's, you're managing them, you're negotiating with them. Um, you, you don't want to win everything because then at, at, you turn your back and they're gone, right? Um, and I think the best advice really was uh, to think of people first, to allow them to have some victories, to allow them leaving their experience with you feeling good. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, you'll be successful. You don't have to win every minute, every, every time. Right. Yeah. Best piece of advice I got was uh, from actually a boss at, at the end. I didn't really have the best relationship with, but he had said to me, it's not about reaching the goal. It's about continuing to keep that goal and maintain it after you've already reached it. And at the time we were talking about, uh, you know, physical strength and exercise and like, you know, you can work yourself out and, oh, I'm going to, I want to bench 300 pounds and I bench 300 pounds. And then two weeks later, you can't even lift 250 pounds. 
it's the consistent work after you've met the goal. So what's your next goal? Oh, to work out five more times this month or five more times this week or five more times today, whatever it is, he talked, he always talked about, it's not achieving the goal, it's maintaining it after the fact. You know, Scott, a lot of it, and what's driving me now is rather than the goal, and you always have to have goals, right? But it's not what you do, it's who you become, right? So, you know, for us trying to work out, even, even you know, as you get up in years, uh, it's, I'm an athlete, which makes me want to work out five days a week. It's not, I want to bench this or sprint this or hit this time. Um, I am, uh, you know, a good person, right? Or I have good relationships, someone who has great relationships or people are fond of goes back to the advice I have and treating people right, you know, every day rather than having a goal. So I think it's much more about who you are and, and, you know, how you want to be identified rather than, you know, a daily goals and so forth, even though you have to have those. Yeah. Awesome. John, that's great. Listen, I really can't thank you enough for joining me today. And, um, you know, I like to give everyone a little work to do. Uh, so here's your personal, personal, my personal challenge to you. You're going to, you're going to, uh, whether it's your wife, your kids, wh whoever you want to do this for, sit down and write 25 things you appreciate by that person, about that person. And what you're going to find is the first 10, you're going to knock out like that. Next 10 are going to be a little bit more difficult, but you'll figure it out because you're going to get creative, right? It's the last five are going to be the most difficult. And once you get those last five, those are the ones I want you to communicate to that person. Mm. You're going to find that, that those last five gratitude ones are going to be most thought-provoking, most valuable ones. They're not going to be the gimmies like, oh, I appreciate you cleaning the dishes every night. You know, that's going to be in the first top 10. That's going to be in the first 10. The next 10, like I said, a little tough. But when you do 25, the last five are the most difficult. And, most, and, and that's, that's my little homework for you to do on a personal side that, get, that might get you off to a better start on another day. I love it. Scott, you're awesome. Uh, this is great. I can't wait to see uh, what you're doing going forward. All right, John. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you being here. Thank Until you. Until next time.